Well, hello, everyone. This is Jessica. And this is Caitlin. And this is the Calling All Spirits podcast. How are you, Caitlin? I'm doing all right. I mean, unsurprisingly, the pollen count is killing me. So (laughs) if I'm clearing my throat a lot during today's episode, I'm sorry to everyone just out the gate. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's understandable. I I feel like it finally hit me. I was being all like, oh, I'm not feeling it this year, but it, woo. It is real. It is happening right now. Like, I knew it was going to hit you, but I'm sorry it hit you. <laughs> it's okay. I'm still not suffering like you are. Like, I, I, I honestly can't complain. Woo, yeah, doing programs outside all day. I felt like I was just sneezing and coughing. And I was like, it's not COVID. I'm okay. It's not COVID. But I'm sorry I'm sneezing like crazy and coughing. Not going to lie. I had a day. I think it was Tuesday because Tuesday's my split day coming back from the office and working partly remote. I came back and I was coughing for like a solid half hour and I finally caved and I took one of the home COVID tests to make sure it wasn't COVID. Yeah. Joey himself was also like, it's not, it's, you're reacting to the stuff in the air. It's fine. Took it. It was negative, but I I used my inhaler twice and I finally stopped coughing around like 2 p.m. Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) It was terrible. But um, I haven't been coughing today, so if I... Have any problems today, it's going to be throat clearing more than anything. That's okay. That is okay. That's understandable. Well, other than the horrible pollen, how else are how are you doing? How how's how's the cemeteries? How's it all going? <laughs> oh, they're lovely. It's very <laughs> nice. Like this week especially, the mornings were in like the sixties. Because mm. like we had that massive thunderstorm come oh. through and it just cooled everything down. Oh, that is so nice. I thought of you because I did a cemetery tour the other day, and you know I had to work in graveyard symbolism for children that probably did not care. <laughs> but That's all right. You caught a 12-year-old who will care in like five years. Yeah. No, they were pretty fascinated. Like, they were pretty fascinated, but I was like, oh, Caitlin gets to do this every day. I really don't. I get to give like two cemetery <laughs> tours like every four months. Well, this is true. <laughs> But you get to be in there, which I feel like, well, no, I feel like there are more people like us that it's like, they're really kind of peaceful and calming. They are. And like, honestly, my office at least has a lot of natural light, which is amazing. Like, I I can't handle the conceptual tomb of like all walls fluorescent lights. Like, I can't handle that concept yeah. of the entombment there. But like dealing with the actual dead and having some natural light, I am solid. Well, no, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, when you're a medium, it's not like they're really, I mean, they occasionally we get noisy days out there <laughs> where people are just like, I'm having a bad day. And I'm like, cool. So am I. What you want to do about it? <laughs> if they have good ideas, we roll with it. If they don't, they don't. I love it. <laughs> How do we make this a better day? cool is it just your family or is it like a rough day today for you too oh it's a rough day for you today too cool um i'll go out we're gonna have a walk around and we're gonna be okay or (laughs) your granddaughter's a pain in your butt cool neither of us can fix that i'm going to drink more coffee and just sit here (laughs) cheers i swear no i love it i love it so much oh my goodness Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um my the cemetery was pretty quiet when I was there probably cuz there was like 50 to 70 children that were screaming and running around. So, you I'll know. Also admit I'm a little bit of a pot stirrer cuz once in a while they'll be like, <laughs> "I'm having a bad day." I'm like, "Cool, make your family change their behavior." 
I mean, I'd ignore my grandparents like nobody's business. <gasps> oh, on one side, I'd ignore my parent, my grandparents. Yeah. Other side, I'd be like, why are you? You never talk to me. What's going on? I'm confused. Aww. But, you know, once in a while, like, they have a bad day because somebody's going through a thing and the family behavior needs to change. Cool. Yeah. If you need an extra boost to do so, here's a temporary energy source. Influence your family a little bit. Send your love as long as you're, you know... Like, influence change, but send love. Like, do mm-hmm. do things with, I don't know, with compassion, I guess is better yeah. word. Yeah, yeah, I think compassion. I think I think they do that from the other side. Gosh, they. Oh, you are a more optimistic person than I am. <laughs> I am. Which, and I mean, I think that's funny because, like, and this is where I love us because we do have different viewpoints on it, which I think is mm-hmm. fabulous. There's nothing wrong. I am more, yeah, I guess I am more optimistic, I think <laughs> stuff on the other side it's it's a it's a common thing oddly like i have oh i've been in so many situations where people are like yeah my grandmother's coming through and i'm trying to be open with love and understand things and i'll just pipe up from the background i'm like tell them to get their shit together and tell you what they want (laughs) what (laughs) yeah like your grandmother was a human she loved you but she was a human person with the mental faculties of a human Sometimes we have trouble getting our ish together, tell her to get her ish together, and then focus on what she wants to tell you, or come back in a month because you're busy. Oh my god, I love, and I mean this, like I'm not being sarcastic, I love how we approach it in two like very different ways and stuff, and I'm like... Oh, it's love and light, and here she is, and here's the message. And you're like, get your stuff together or come back. <laughs> like, it's too I am big. not in the mood. Your three dimensional speaking is not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I'm not in the mood. Get it short, sweet, and gone, or give me an enlightenment moment that'll actually help me. And what I love about that is that's why there is a medium for everybody. Because some people would get annoyed probably with my take and my approach and love you. And some people would like, I mean, I think that's what's brilliant and why that's, I mean, it kind of, I didn't mean to make this like a lesson, but that's kind of why you have to find a medium that works for you. Because not every, not no mediums for every single person out there. Like, you've got to go with who you're comfortable with. Yeah, it's fine. like finding a therapist that fits. Well, I mean, yeah, it's honestly very true. Very true. I need a therapist that's like a cheerleader and yay and happy and some need very blunt to the point and that would probably make me cry. So, you know, like. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, it turns out I needed a therapist who had her own church trauma to make sure I didn't feel crazy when I was sharing my experiences. <laughs> See. Yeah, we all need our specific people. And we do. Like, yeah, I've, I've definitely bothered some people. <laughs> But but I found friends who were like, oh, that's a good point. I should make sure I maintain my family boundaries in this dimension and on the other side. Like, right. just because you died doesn't mean you're better. Healing is a process that transcends death. It is. And there is a lot of healing on the other side. And there, Oh, for sure. Yeah. No. And I agree with you on that. And, and in my experience, when you have had someone that, say, wasn't the nicest person while they were here on Earth, they do have to go through that process. And usually they come through if they've gone through, you know, with some remorse and apologies and learning. But yeah, th- that that's a whole process onto itself. Oh, absolutely. Like my, my mom's father, my grandfather, he he loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, he had trouble loving a lot of people. Yeah. So like he had his favorites and then he had some lash out moments while yeah. he was alive. 
And in my communications with him since he's passed, my mom, bless her, is very much all love and light almost. Like yeah. she's trying to heal through her own trauma, right. hoping he's healed through his trauma and dealing with things. And every once in a while I'll be talking to him and I'll be like, uh, no, your prejudice is showing. You need to deal with that. I'll talk to you <laughs> next time because I'm yeah. not coping with that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, same thing with, and it, well, not same thing. It usually comes up in conjunction with dealing with other addicts because bless him since he passed he's been just around constantly mm-hmm. i love him to bits and i adore the fact that both of my grandfathers want the what's best for me but when you are an alcoholic trying to help another alcoholic on this side like i, ca- I can't cope with both y'all's trauma i need a different family <laughs> member for backup <laughs> Yeah. Like I need I need the Lutheran here to help deal with the Catholic <laughs> alcoholism and the other religious trauma. Like can can grandma come from the other side cuz like I can't with you people. Yeah. I, no. <laughs> I can barely cope with my own alcoholism. Come on. I love how we're, we need to bring in the Lutheran. Where's the Lutheran? Get her in here. <laughs> this is not Overeaters Anonymous. I need grandma cuz she's got to come through and bless she has a few times and it's always weird cuz she's the one that Oh, not to make this Caitlin story <laughs> hour, but she's the one. <laughs> she's the one that it turns out we were way too much alike yeah. to get a life uh, to get along yeah. in life. So, like when she comes through, it's it's a moment for everybody. <laughs> but yeah, no, don't automatically trust people just because they're dead. They've they can have learned a lot yeah. and grown and healed yeah. as people. They can also do none of that and just hang out and be a pain for everyone. So check in, check in with yourself whenever dealing with the other side is kind of the entire takeaway yeah. of that 10 minutes. And, no, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I guess I'm just, well, I've had one instance, but I would say, I guess maybe I've been blessed or lucky 99.9% of my encounters, except for one or two, have been usually with people. And maybe that's the energy I put out. That could be the energy I'm putting out that if you haven't dealt with that, I'm probably not the person for you to come to. So maybe that's why I get people that have learned and moved on. That that could be. I never thought about that. That could be the case because the one or two times I haven't dealt with that, it I was like, Mm-mm, never again. Done. Done with that. So, hmm. I mean, you were solid and fair in your boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're not going to have grown as a person, I'm not going to cope with your mm-hmm. ish. So that's a spectacular boundary. And... I mean, you knew to trust yourself on that front. Yeah. You didn't just assume that because they had passed, they knew all. Right. No. You checked in as you were going and you were like, mm, something's not resonating. Yeah. There's there's some baloney going on here. We're going to not cope with this. So like. Yeah. I never thought about. I feel like we just had like our own little therapy session because I'm like, I never thought I put up that boundary. But now as we're talking, I think I have. I think I have established that boundary. <laughs> so. I feel like I've learned something about myself tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if it helps at all, that's kind of going to tie into the theme of the topic tonight. Because like checking in with yourself and understanding your and figuring out your understanding of the world versus the like the dogma you've been raised in may or may not have actually had an effect on what's going on. So check in with yourself and see if that's what's going on. Or whatnot. So um, as a not so subtle segue, hey, today's topic is transcendentalism. Yeah, I love it. Because apparently subtlety is not our strong suit and we came out with both fists swinging. (laughs) 
Well, and I'm excited because for the listeners, I, I, I do think Caitlin has assured me I will know more than I think I do, but I'm coming into this pretty new. So I'm, I'm excited to learn as we go. Absolutely. And like the part where you're, you're going to know more than you think, you know, as a tiny little spoiler, Louisa May Alcott, the woman who wrote Little Women, was raised in transcendentalism. So some of the pros and the cons of that upbringing come through in Little Women. So parts of it are going to sound familiar. Other parts are not. And it's going to be kind of interesting to jump us off. To the surprise of no one, we have a definition. I'm very sorry for everyone. There's a series of definitions because philosophy is not an easy concept because everybody builds on somebody else. (laughs) So to jump us off, the definition of transcendentalism is it is an idealist philosophy and social movement which developed in New England around 1836 in reaction to rationalism and was influenced by Romanticism, Platonism, and Kantian philosophy and it taught that divinity pervades all nature and humanity and its member held progressive views on feminism and communal living. Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau were central figures. And it eventually comes into a system developed by Immanuel Kant and based on the idea that in order to understand the the nature of reality, one must first examine and analyze the reasoning process which governs the nature of experience. And I stumbled over a lot of those words because it's way simpler than that, but encompasses a whole lot more than that. Well, I was like, woo, okay. Right over my head. I'm excited for the simplified version. Yes. Uh, Transcendentalism is a very formal word that describes a very simple idea. People, men and women equally, why they included the binary in this definition, I don't know, other than maybe to clarify it wasn't just a dude thing. Hmm. But men and women equally have knowledge about themselves and the world around them that transcends or goes beyond what they can see, hear, taste, or feel. So in true philosophical form, even with a simplified definition, you still can't get to the point. (laughs) And given my ADHD brain, I should probably break it down based on the, hey, but give me the background so that I can understand what words you're using. But since I have a superficial understanding of philosophical or classical philosophy, the references to other great thinkers really doesn't help me much, which means I need to break down what the other philosophical thinkers said in their philosophies in order for any of this to make sense. So to start with, at the age, this was evolved from the Age of Enlightenment, which was an intellectual movement, mainly in France, Britain, and Germany, because Eurocentrism is a thing. And they advocated freedom, democracy, and reason as primary values of society. It started from the standpoint that men's minds should be freed from ignorance, from superstition, and from the arbitrary powers of the state in order to allow mankind to achieve progress and perfection. But the period was marked by further decline of the influence of the church. To break this back down to the Age of Enlightenment, which was the intellectual movement mainly in France, Britain, and Germany, which, you know, Eurocentrism, why wouldn't we start there? And they advocated freedom, democracy, and reason as the primary values of society. And they started from the standpoint that men's minds should be freed from ignorance, from superstition, and from arbitrary powers of the state in order to allow mankind to achieve the progress and perfection. This period marked a further decline in the influence of the church, governmental consolidation and greater rights for the common people, which is awesome. Politically, it was a time of revolutions, turmoil, and the overturning of established traditions. Another word that we need to know is Romanticism, which is the philosophical movement during the Age of Enlightenment, which was the period we were just talking about. They emphasized the emotional self-awareness as a necessity for the preconditioning to improving society and bettering the human condition. 
and it's usually compared to the German idealism and Kantian thought, which, hey, pop culture reference, because I'm me and you know this was coming. <laughs> For those of us who watch The Good Place constantly and repetitively, Immanuel Kant was talked about by Chidi and Eleanor a lot in season one, especially. And for those of us who didn't bother looking up what Kantian philosophy was while we were watching the show, yes, I see you because I am you, um, Kantian idealism in general terms is the theory that fundamental reality is made up of thoughts or ideas. And it holds that the only thing that actually knowable is consciousness or mental entities and the we can only ever really be sure that matter or anything outside the world actually exists as we conceive of it. And this concept dates back to Plato, and I promise I won't go any further back in time than that. <laughs> um, platonic realism is basically the idea that posits an eternal universe exists as ideas come before matter. So substantive reality around us is only a reflection of a higher truth. Who else's brain hurts? I... Oh, man, that's a lot. It really is. And I think the core of all of this is that if you it's it's not the same as Descartes, like I think therefore I am, uh -huh. but it's more along the lines of if you can't think of it or conceive of it, then it's not a thing. Oh, and thought comes first. But reality then comes beyond that. So, like, in order for reality to exist, we have to be able to conceive of it. And whatever we conceive of comes as a reflection of a higher truth or of a divinity. Like, transcendentalists weren't tied heavily to dogmatic religion. Uh -huh. But most of them did at least have some form of deistic thought. Like, they did see a god as, okay. um, you know, a, a divinity of sorts that did kind of precursor existence. Okay. Okay. That kind of makes me think of when today people are like, that aren't tied to a church, but it's like, I'm spiritual. I believe there is something, but I, okay. I, that I'm, I'm with you now. Yeah. It's basically that with a kind of mentalist and idealistic philosophy mm -hmm. of a little bit of Descartes. Let's be real. I think therefore I am keeps yeah. coming back to everything. It's catchy and it was catchy in the 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so to give a person tie to this, because, you know, we've already brought up Descartes and Plato and Kant and a ton of other people. Ralph Waldo Emerson is where we're going to start. Okay. Because he's one of the heavyweights of this time period. And he was one of the most influential movers of transcendentalism, as well as one of the most influential writers and thinkers of the 19th century in the U.S. just in general. Yeah. And this was likely due to the fact that Emerson was one of the first major American literary and intellectual figures to widely explore and then write seriously about the classical Asian and Middle Eastern philosophies and mystical works. Like before this, it was heavy duty Eurocentrism. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like bringing in the Eastern thought processes, he was one of the heavyweights in that. Um, okay. And he gave a lot of readers their first exposure to non-Western modes of thinking metaphysical concepts and th sacred mythologies and they kind of trace it back to him the way we've shaped subsequent generations of american writers and thinkers who approach the vast cultural resources of asia and the middle east mm. which sadly involves a whole lot of appropriation of sacred texts and practices in a very careless manner um, yeah. <laughs> so we can trace that to emerson too i'm <laughs> i'm sorry to everybody so to set it in history and kind of give us a backdrop for why this is happening. Yeah. 
Transcendentalism develops during that time between the American Revolution and the American Civil War. Oh, oh, ooh. For those of us who are Hamilton fans, this is done pretty well in the nonstop song when Hamilton's trying to convince Burr to help him defend the new U.S. Constitution since it still needs backing to have legs to actually stand up in this new world. Mm-hmm. This is what leads to the Federalist Papers, even though Burr declines and doesn't take part in these. Because the U.S. is only a few decades past the Declaration of Independence. And while the revolution may have begun in 1776, it didn't end until 1783. So when Emerson was born in 1803, that was 20 whole years. So not to make this hurt for all of us, but that would be somebody born today when the revolution was in 2002. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. Like it's like Emerson, like if the revolution was done in 2002, Emerson was born today. So in 15, 20 years, we have a whole new philosophical person who was born at this point. Yeah. At this point, trying to figure out how to actualize the ideals and what motivated the revolution was kind of the goal. Like there was a lot of talk about the ideals and what we mean when we say the freedom of humanity. Mm hmm. But the application of an ideal mm-hmm. is kind of a hot mess while you figure out the steps. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Especially since people kept just importing European concepts. Like, yes, we have this whole new world. We're starting a new slate. And we're just going to trauma dump all of European Europe's history <laughs> onto it and try to make it work. Right. Right. So Emerson and others were trying to figure out what a unique U.S. culture would be. Mm. And basically, how do you drop traditional thought? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I leaned heavily on other philosophers to figure this out because you can read all you want, but it's kind of like reading Shakespeare. It makes more sense when someone's actually mm-hmm. talking the lines. Absolutely. I listened to a different philosopher talk about this. Um, There's a podcast called Philosophize This with Stephen West. Okay. And who did he help with Emerson? He did a (laughs) two-parter. And he also covered Henry David Thoreau. And bless him because I, oh, I needed somebody else to help me break through this like mentally. I don't blame you because I'm feeling like so dumb right now because I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting this, but I also feel like it's kind of like going, okay, so yay, I'm glad someone has like helped with this. Yeah, no, we're going to get to the end and I will still be confused. The only reason (laughs) I sound like I have a clue at all is because I have notes. (laughs) Well, that makes me feel better. So if any, I don't know, the other listeners may be like totally catching on and I'm like, I feel kind of dumb right now. I'm, I'm struggling with this one. Now, we're going to end up with a philosophy major who's like, you got this wrong and I have opinions. <laughs> you know what? If you have opinions and you know philosophy better than us, then we would like to interview you at a future date to clarify what I got wrong. Can we do um, Can we do transcendentalism for dummies? <laughs> can I have that book? Yo, absolutely. I feel like that's what I need right now. So, yes, please. If you have the book, if you've written it, share. But I don't know. <laughs> And if you hadn't, if you haven't written Transcendentalism for Dummies, there's a market. Yes, there is. But we're just in the beginning. So I'm going to keep listening and it may start. It's probably going to click. We've just started. I will do a TLDR at the very end of too long, didn't read, sum up. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I love it. So with the help of Stephen, the way he framed Emerson's thoughts was to kind of ask the question, 
because Emerson's idea was basically breaking free of all the things that society has trained you to do. Okay. So if you're having dinner with a group of people Mm -hmm. and they take the last piece of chicken, do you stab them in the head? (laughs) And he's like, no, but why? (laughs) So why don't you stab them? Why is that a bad thing other than we've just been trained to think it's a bad thing? Is that basically like what he's... Basically, like, get to... It's kind of get to the root of why is kind of the entire premise of all of this. Gotcha. Um, And his thing there was basically, well, you can come up with your own internal reasons of why. And in my brain, that translates to, okay, head wounds bleed a lot. I don't want to clean it up. Is it worth me stabbing this person in the head with a fork just because I took the last piece of chicken? No, no. But if I'm like, I'm still very hungry and I wanted that chicken and I feel the need to stab them. Okay. Did the other person know that I wanted the last piece of chicken? No. Okay. Does that mean it's worth stabbing them? But (laughs) despite these reasons, honestly, at the core of it, Emerson's thought on this was that it's better to act honestly or stab them with a fork and then recalibrate based on their response (laughs) and grow from that experience rather than just going with society teaches you. Oh, I feel like, I mean, little things. <laughs> I get you make it do that. But I feel like this could go so badly so quickly. It really could. It's kind of regressing back to that toddler stage and hoping nothing goes badly. I mean, yeah, if you feel it, act it out. You know, there are consequences. <laughs> it may work out for you. May... No, oh, oh, I can't I can't get behind that. Like... So to flip it a little bit, okay. what he based it on was... A different version of this was how often do you hear people sitting around and talking, working out 12 point presentations on how to fix or address a societal issue that bothers us all? Uh Uh-huh. And then they do nothing about it and just set it to the side because if somebody smart hasn't thought of it yet, what did they miss? And so it'll clearly fail. Okay. I'm with you there. Okay. Okay. What's the difference between a smart person and a smart and a, and a regular person? Mm. Okay. So just because you don't have that expected concept of intellectualism mm-hmm. doesn't mean your thoughts aren't valid. So drop what society has given you as a standard of smart. Okay. And consider your ideas as valid. Okay. Now that one I can get. That yeah. I can get. Okay. Precisely. Like his, the chicken example is pretty extreme, but you can kind of see where the concept comes from. Because like, if I have a whole 10 point presentation on how to deal with world hunger, but nobody else has thought of it, clearly I've missed something. Right. Right. Or I have a unique perspective that other people legitimately haven't thought of. Mm -hmm. And it could be a valid approach to the situation. Yes. No, I, that I I can fully get behind. I I like that. Okay. So it's kind of a, where's that balance between Mm -hmm. stabbing people with forks and solving world hunger? If it could cause bodily harm or death, that's a no. (laughs) Don't do that. But if not. Exactly. Like, don't stab people with forks. Reasonable to think of as a solid upbringing process. But, you know, where does the concept of conforming to society go too far? Makes me think of when I was pregnant and my husband ate the leftovers that I really wanted the next day. Oh. And I texted him and basically threatened to divorce him and then cried for like an hour. So I I think in that moment I may have stabbed him, but I was also nine months pregnant and he ate my leftovers. So 
So in transcendentalist thought, that was a valid move. And had you stabbed, stabbed him, you would have learned from that experience <laughs> and worked from there. And so would have he. He would have learned. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's just all I can think of. Cause no, for sure. And it's, it it's a valid concept. Because, like, I mean, none of the philosophers of this movement ever went naked in the town square, as far as we know. <laughs> so clearly they learned boundaries and stuck with them. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, you. don't take chicken. <laughs> don't go naked in the town square. <laughs> don't steal food from Jess when she's pregnant. Exactly. All of these are very important lessons to learn. <laughs> they are. I'm. Yes. Okay. I'm with you now. I, I, okay. I will let you continue. <laughs> so now that I've got you on board, I'm going to kick you off the train. Oh, no. Our next, our next person is Henry David Thoreau. Okay. And oi, this guy. Um, so, you know, the friend who discovers a new diet or MLM or some other trend and has to tell you in detail how everything in your life is wrong. <gasps> and if you just did what they told you to, everything would be better. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, I know. yeah. No, that's Thoreau. Oh, um, no. If you, if you read Walden, that is the TLDR of that entire book. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. OK, I'm ready. I'm prepared for this. Uh, like it, he literally at a point in the book he meets an Irishman in his family uh-huh. and his actual words were if you lived like me you wouldn't have to work so hard live out in the woods which they already did but in a nicer house than you could rent he built his house okay and on rent free land by the way and give up butter and other luxuries because they're not needed to make your life full. And you only need the energy from those luxuries because you work so hard to get them. Like, yes, but no. Because the Irishman's legit comeback was, but here I can eat them every day. And back home, they were a monthly luxury we could barely afford. Right. Like, oh. like that was part of why we came to the U.S. is that we could have this more often. Exactly. N no. Also... Not to point out his uh, his privileges too heavily, but he was a single, i.e. didn't have a wife and family. Right. Able-bodied. Right. Male person in an area where natives had already been pushed out and he felt safe as a white guy on another man's land. Oh. Because he was living on a friend's land. Like, he's got valid points to a point. Right. But the, you need to do what I do. Like, bruh, we don't have your hookup. Right. We don't have your social status. Right. We don't have your marital status. And we don't have your health. <sighs> Could you just? And like. Oh. Yeah. No. He's he's not a terrible person. He just is very. Can't see past the end of his nose in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because he had some valid observations. And I think initially he had good intentions. Like his goal was to go out into the woods, separate himself from society and get some perspective on life. Okay. I can get with that. And yeah. And some of the things he made perfect sense, like philanthropy isn't very helpful when the source of giving is based on the abuse of others. Mm, yeah. Or taking advantage of others. Like he peppered in a whole lot of what about me and why don't I get to benefit from philanthropy, which he can curl up and die for that point. But <laughs> there is serious validity to the concept that a person who gives the most time and money to the needy is also probably causing their problem. If you look at the foundations that fund the needs of society, I'd wager most of the people who donate to those foundations have taken advantage of society mm -hmm. in more than a few ways. Right. Like keeping wages low for their workers, cutting corners with safety, taking advantage of loopholes that should be closed. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you get the money to then donate to the needy. Right. And his example was the pious slave breeder who donates the proceeds of every 10th slave to provide the Sunday's liberty to all the others. Like, you're still dealing in the yeah. chattel of human slavery. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're not a good person just because you give no. 9 out of 10 a day off. No. No, 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 no. That point, super valid. Yeah. I'm with him on that point. Right. But then he also is like, the following of the news is pointless as nothing new ever happens except apparently the revolution in France. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but like nothing's happening. Just the French Revolution. People are being beheaded. Nope. Like the French Revolution counts as news. Nothing else counts as news. Like, oh, wait, that counted as news, but nothing else. Yeah, that counted as that was literally the only thing that counted as news. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm but sorry. No, well, you understood okay. my point. I misunderstood. I, so I was listening to this book, <laughs> bless my library's audiobook compilations, because I would not be able to get through this if I wasn't multitasking. But uh-huh. I was listening to this book over the weekend that Eurovision was taking place. Um, I think I messaged you a little bit over that time period. But for those of our American listeners who don't know what Eurovision is, it is an international song contest. And there is a movie on Netflix done by Will Ferrell that really sums it up beautifully. But every country basically has their own uh, Miss America to then compete in Miss Universe. But it's with musical productions and unsurprisingly like obviously there are the ridiculous ones which is what we watch it for but there is social and political commentary in a lot of these performances and if you're so keyed into your own mind you're missing the world going on around you so like yes yeah yeah. how you conceive of the world is important but also remember to zoom out sometimes so yeah yeah it's funny, I just keep, now I'm going to forever think of Thoreau as, like, yeah, that new, like, the new guru that's, like, oh, my God, that you get, like, info commercials on or Instagram posts on. Like, that's going to be him in my brain now. Change your life in 10 easy steps. Or buy this product, it'll get rid of your wrinkles if you just use it, which sucked me in. So, I, I probably, what's bad, he probably would have sucked me in. I would have been like, yes, I just need to do what you were doing because... I am weak to that advertising. Which, ironically enough, if you can balance... And so, like, Emerson hardcore backed Thoreau. Like, he was he was there from the jump. He helped support him. I think he had something to do with the land that he was living on while he was at Walden Pond. Like, Emerson was there for him. But if you can maintain Emerson's self-thought of if you check in with yourself, does it resonate or not? then you can keep in check the MLM factor. Oh my gosh. If I had lived back then, good Lord, I'm so gullible. I would have been in. He would have sucked me in. (laughs) Oh, I'd be dead by now if I was living then. (laughs) Not just because I was born via C-section. No, not for nothing. Like of the big names in this thing, the Alcott's were another big part. And for those of you who recognize it, I do mean the family of Louisa May Alcott. She who wrote Little Women. She's actually the one I identify with the most here. So, like, we already talked a little bit about the fact that I kind of grew up in a very different world than the traditional church upbringing. And so, like the metaphysical New Age psychic world and how it's something that many people wish they were born into or raised within, 
that's a solid concept when you mm. approach the concepts as an adult like all of the ideals uh, have a dogmatic tang to their flavor oh, when you're raised okay. inside them right like many of us know louisa may alcott obviously from little women and it turns out that was more of an autobiography than we generally know in the book mr march is away at the war for most of the book and she did this to account for the fact that the father like had he been home during this time, he would have been the bedrock of the family, but because he wasn't home, the family dynamic was different, mm -hmm. and they all had to learn how to rely on each other in a different way. Bronson Alcott was present for Louise's upbringing, but he was not the bedrock in the traditional concept. Like, she was raised in the Fruitlands. She was raised in a mm. very transcendentalist commune. They were, she, she was raised absolutely vegetarian, which, depending mm -hmm. on your ideals, absolutely fits. But it went to the extreme that the commune they were living on, they decided root vegetables weren't good because they were growing in the oh. wrong direction. You want things that grow to oh. heaven, not things that grow down. Which means in a two-phase hit or miss, um, they planted the spring crops a little bit late. And then they had no winter crops because winter crops tend to be root vegetables. Oh, dear. Okay. So they were not yeah. very well fed for a little while. Like her mother tapped into some family connections and eventually just took the family off uh -huh. the Fruitlands. Like she was the one who ended that part of the commune phase for the family because the kids were not eating properly. And Bronson wasn't... Uh -huh doing great mm -hmm. uh he, he began as a teacher absolutely top-notch teacher corporal punishment uh -huh. doesn't help kids learn solid but he wouldn't take payment as a teacher by the time they got to this point in their lives so he wasn't bringing in money and the family was basically moving every few years to avoid debt and so mm. like there's a yeah. there's a dicey side to some of these philosophies and so when it comes to, yeah, no, absolutely. The new age metaphysical world is a beautiful freedom from some of the dogmatic upbringings we all had. Right. There are people who go too far and can't bring in an, uh, a living for their family. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it turns out Little Women is a hardcore biography of her own life. Wow. And the only difference is that her dad was there, but oh. wasn't helpful i didn't know that no i think it, this is fascinating yeah i actually uh i listened to the history chicks and they're uh they did an episode on louisa may alcott and they got into detail about her upbringing and her adult life even it's one of those where it's not just that every philosophy can be taken too far it's that sometimes its application cannot fit right to the situation mm -hmm. And so, in her case, the transcendentalist philosophy did not fit the situation properly. Yeah, yeah. But, like, her name is still very closely tied to the movement because she had a hardcore crush on both Thoreau and Emerson. I mean... <laughs> like, they they feature in char as characters in her later books. Like, she, she absolutely loved the thought oh. pattern of Emerson. He would let her borrow books. He like she had full run of his library yeah. and then Thoreau was a man of action like I mean legitimately his big thing was if the country is doing things or if the state is doing things that you don't mm -hmm. agree with and you're still paying taxes then you're supporting something you don't believe in oh wow and so like he would refuse to pay taxes 
Um, which to a certain point I kind of understand, but then he got in on the fact, and this is, he, he doesn't know how to zoom away from his own experiences, which gets me about Thoreau because he went off on the tax collector who, you know, he could be my neighbor, but he's working for the state and he's collecting taxes and I can't work with this guy. And I'm just like, dude, he has a family to support. Maybe he needs his extra income every year. Could you maybe just... Yeah, it's it's like Thoreau. It's like it's kind of like when those people are like, I'm with you, I'm with you, and you just lost me. <laughs> like it's kind of like you start off like, okay, sounds good, sounds good. Oh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> We've just gone up another direction. Yeah, he just okay. He takes it a little step too far, just a little bit too far. Exactly. Like he goes into detail about how he builds yeah. his house. He's like, this is how much the wood costs. This is how much the nails cost. This is how much everything else costs. And I built my house by myself. He didn't actually. Luis's uh, father helped him. But um, also society isn't the detriment to everything. Like you're talking about the nails and the lumber that it took to build your house. In the same breath, you're talking about how you need to move away from society in order to truly achieve your your own self-being. Uh, lumber mills and factories that crank out nails don't exist in a vacuum. Exactly. Those happen exactly. as part of a cityscape. Like, he, oh. he can't see past his own nose, and that bothers the heck out of me. Well, it's just, it's kind of annoying. And there are, there are people out there just like him Mm -hmm. now. I mean, you know, those people that, oh, you just end up like not being able to stand them or talk to them. It's just like, so I have a little bit more patience for Emerson, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, like every philosophy, it's flawed. Yeah, it is. It is. And yeah, it doesn't mean there weren't some good ideas there. It's just like, dude. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, like, it, transcendentalism still permeates a lot of our society in the U.S. today. Elizabeth Palmer Peabody, which is the name I learned researching this, she opened the first English language kindergarten in the U.S. Really? Wow. Yeah, so, like, okay. There are key takeaways that come from transcendentalism that are positive. Uh huh. There's just taking it too far. Or yeah. spiraling out in your own brain. Like, yeah, m- maybe don't, dude. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. And it's it's so, I've just, it's weird. I've never really looked into, trans, like, even getting into all this, I've never really looked into transcendentalism that much. Which is interesting that I, but I, or maybe I've, I've had the concepts, but I just never knew that was the word. Like, I never put that title on it. I think that's it, because especially when you look at spiritualism and its history, like there's no way to deal with spiritualism without getting into transcendentalism. Mm -hmm. But getting into the nitty gritty of what transcendentalism is, isn't necessarily required because it kind of just permeates everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I got I got (laughs) some of the podcasts I initially listened to at the beginning, like. I legitimately, I'm glad that I found some of these better ones later on because I was going to start this podcast with, so transcendentalism is douchebags go glamping. Because <laughs> I kept finding podcasts of just like middle-aged dudes who read it in junior high and high school and their oh. entire takeaway was go be one with nature and learn who you are outside of society. Oh, which is okay. Again, kind of valid to a point, but then they talk about just all the privileges, the fact that they have their favorite hiking or camping spot that a friend owns, where there's a tent or equivalent thereof there all the time. 
and they don't have to worry about being mugged or being attacked by bears or right. any of the things that we worry about as women or as, like you and I don't have mm-hmm. this problem, but as people of color or as natives on their own land who have people invading their space, like you're, mm-hmm. oh God, like, I don't even know what you look like, but you're clearly a white dude who's been able to go out and do things without being attacked for who you are as a person. So naturally mm-hmm. you think that all you have to do to find your sense of self is to go out into the woods and be left alone. Mm-hmm. Like some of us need society to be safe, even though society is what causes our danger. Like we're right, stuck in this right. dyadic weird balance and you're a douchebag off glamping, <laughs> <laughs> which turns out is the takeaway for a lot of transcendentalists in 2022. Really? Wow. Yeah. There were apparently a lot of guys who read Walden and, read Emerson's works and their takeaway was none of the cons and all of the pros. Gotcha. Well, I think, unfortunately, I think that's what most people do. And I, I've probably been guilty of it at times that we were like, Oh yeah, this all sounds good. I'm going to ignore what doesn't quite work. And I'm just going to go full force into what does. I think, unfortunately, I think that's just a natural, probably human tendency to, grasp the things you like and just hang on to those oh yeah no i mean like emerson introducing eastern philosophy thought and mysticism like that largely means that things like we have yoga which is amazing and super healthy Mm -hmm. for you but it's Mm -hmm. so divorced from its philosophy Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. and it's meditative qualities that it's not the same thing that it was before so right like yeah no Mm -hmm. we absolutely still fall prey to this and yeah as a society we kind of need to get better okay so i'm on board help me tie this to spiritualism i mean other people have probably already figured this out (laughs) but in case there's anybody like me like how exactly help me with that what's the connection so and this is if i understand it properly anyone who studies philosophy and can correct me by all means <laughs> chime in and tell me how i screwed it up but from what i understand transcendentalism really set a solid foundation for trusting yourself over okay. the religious dogma of the church that you're raised in and mm. spiritualism was very much trusting what you were hearing with the spirits not necessarily trusting in what the dogma of the church was so transcendentalism was go into nature and trust yourself and spiritualism is trust what the spirits are saying trust yourself and okay ignore your minister (laughs) but no okay i am with you now because that makes so much sense like that i i totally wow it's so funny because i was just listening to a podcast gosh we listen to a lot of podcasts but that's good (laughs) we learn things about um, this amazing medium named Paul Jacobs. He's one of the best in the world. And he was just talking about the biggest thing with mediumship is you have to learn what you just said to trust and just trust what you get and just and just say it. And that's one of the biggest hurdles people face in their mediumship is not trusting what they're getting and what the messages are. And gosh, and, and having to do the work on yourself first and having to go deep. So that totally resonates completely. I, I, I'm with you now. And it kind of tracks as a natural evolution of the church, too, because we go from the super tight hold that like the Catholic Church mm-hmm. holds over Europe. Right. And then we have Luther and his deviation from the church. Like we need to talk about it in our own language. Mm-hmm. 
And then mm-hmm. we have the different branches of all the Protestant faiths and trusting your interpretation of the Bible and of God's word and of your connection to spirit. And then we get transcendentalism, your connection to nature. And then we shift into spiritualism and your connection to the dead. So yeah, a lot of it is definitely trusting yourself. That makes so much sense. And I guess in because I grew up in a church and a church background, but we were more um, one of the denominations that was more like, read it for yourself. What does it say to you? It wasn't as strict. It was very, a lot more open like that. So that's probably why it's easier for me to shift into that mode because I, I love that going within and trusting yourself. I, okay. I can get behind that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of the principle in theory that absolutely makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It's the degree at which you apply it and the ways you apply it, like every other spiritual thought yeah, or religious everything. denomination. Mm-hmm. Like how you use it is going to be the make or break of whether it's a good move or a lousy move for society. Absolutely. absolutely. And like you said, that could go for anything and everything. For sure. And I mean, any. Yeah, no. This makes me really want to look into it, like, and really dive deep into it. Like, it's it's really a fascinating topic. Yeah, it it turns out, um, apparently, philosophy is by its nature difficult to get into. Uh huh. The episode of I think it was Emerson's episode that I was listening to with Philosophize This. He describes philosophy as uh, it's not something you can kind of wade into slowly. It's a trial by fire. Okay. You, you mm-hmm. jump in and you sink or swim. Uh, and so transcendentalism i thought was a weird spot to get into this turns out everywhere you get into philosophy is going to be awkward and so in a couple months or a couple years we may revisit transcendentalism with a much better understanding (laughs) of philosophy yeah no absolutely absolutely and i just always had a little trouble with philosophy like it's always taken me i know some people can get it right off the bat and it just clicks and there may be people like me that's like, I've really got to kind of get into it, wade into it slowly. <laughs> like, I mean, even in my classes, sometimes when people are philosophizing and going on and on and I'm just like, wait, what? I don't know. Or maybe that's just a little ADHD, but I'm like, wait, you kind of lost me. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, I don't maybe. know if it's my neurodivergency or what, but like, I never took a philosophy class in school, but whenever I've spoken with other philosophers, because uh-huh. my... My 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 desire to understand comes from the yeah, but but why? Yes, and they yes. get so impressed that I keep asking that question that they don't answer the question. <laughs> yes, yes. Like okay, but seriously, wh- why? Why is this like? What about mm-hmm. this keys into? And as I've gotten older, I've, I've been able to ask not just why, but what about this keys into your personal philosophy of life like what makes this Mm -hmm. resonate with you versus other philosophies so that i can understand why you are a kantian or why you are a you follow nietzsche like it's right one of those where i have to find better ways of asking my question because when i ask yeah but why (laughs) it just impresses so many people like i'm not trying to be (laughs) deep i'm trying to understand could you answer the question I know. At least you ask. They'll like explain something to me. They're like, don't you understand? I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And inside I'm like, nope, not at all. I <laughs> didn't get that at all. Like, can we redo that again? But like how you tied it to spiritualism was brilliant. Like that clicked immediately. Totally. I get that. Well, you get it partly because you have a good background in spiritualism. 
I think yeah. that might be our gateway to philosophy is spiritualism. Well, I, I think it could be in just in, in being in the throes of it right now and working on the trust, which is not easy and I'm not good at. And I have way too many earth signs like Virgo and Capricorn that are like, no, we have to be logical. And it's like, nope, it's not logical. You just have to trust it. Like, it's not going to make sense. And that's that. Yeah, it's 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 hard. It's very hard. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm going to have to think on this one for a while. Ponder. I've been thinking about it for three weeks, so I've been trying to get my head around it. So I think I can give you a little bit of time to get your head around it. <laughs> but it's good. It's good to talk about. And, you know, it's part of this whole subject. Absolutely. And it was super impactful. Like, it was like the first great American philosophy. Oh, absolutely. It makes me want to look in my little spiritualism book and see if they talk about transcendentalism. Oh, my God. Yes, do it. Let me look it up. Okay. Cover for me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I will create white noise while you look something up in your book. What is the verbal version of elevator music? Let's go. (laughs) Um, Let me see. I'm looking through my introduction to spiritualism little thing. Uh, I'm going to see if it's a key term in the back. And not that, and just because it's not in here, it doesn't mean they don't talk about it. This is like literally, for those that don't know, it's like a little pamphlet. Like it's like a 20 page pamphlet. So <laughs> it obviously does not cover everything with spiritualism. Um, they have, nope. They, well, like I said, they still could talk about it. But in this book, they just have um, trance and transfiguration. But I'm going to grab my little manual. Yeah, and I mean, you can always think about it in terms of what, like, in modern terms, we use the word transcendent as beyond the obvious, and it's like, you know, into the mind and beyond, which, if I understand it right, is, you know, you're trying to become transcendent or reach that transcendent state, which is the point of transcendentalism. I kind of think that transcendentalism's kind of like, if you look at the way... Christianity is kind of just permeates everywhere in a lot of mm-hmm. things. Transcendentalism mm-hmm. was just kind of there and it permeated yeah. lots of ways, like had an effect on schooling yeah. children. It had an effect on how to deal with the environment. Like Thoreau, bless him. He was exhausting in like 40 different ways, but he was an environmentalist <laughs> before we had a concept of such a thing. Yeah. Like he was like, let's preserve nature in its natural form. Stop tearing all down for wood. I love how it's like we say something about Thoreau and, and I'm with you and it's like, yay, good job. And then he then he keeps talking. And you're like, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like he's that friend that you're like, just, just shut it, shut it. Like you were doing good. You were doing so good and you just lost it. If you just stopped talking three minutes sooner, you would have yeah. been a rock star as it yes. is. You're a douchebag and you need to stop. Yes, that, oh my gosh, he just needed a friend to be like, just to cut him off. Like, we're good. We're good. We got it. Got it. Yep. Like, just, nope. We, you can, you can stop now. You don't need to turn your account on Walden <laughs> Pond into a mix of philosophy and receipt keeping for what you made as a farmer and your philosophy on how everybody should live. Like, you, you can make it just one thing. Sometimes you can make something one thing. Sometimes the thing has to be multiple things, but a receipt of how many nails you used and how long it took you to build 
is it's not it's not necessary. Oh, like and like he needed an editor. He needed he someone needed to point really... out that multi-level marketing schemes are shitty and you need to not tell people how to live. You can suggest, you can talk about how it worked for you. Like that's right. what I, that's what I really right. liked about Emerson was that his standard yes. was I don't want you to not be educated. Right. Emerson's thing was I want you to learn. Learn about science, right. learn about philosophy, learn about the world. But when the source goes from telling you about the facts to telling you about how you should feel about the facts, yeah, then it's a problem. Thoreau went from telling us about his experiences to telling us how we should feel about our own experiences. Yeah, he just... And that's when I wanted to punch him in the face. I know. it's Yeah, like I said, he just needed a friend to be like, okay, that's good. Stop there. We got it. We're good. You made a good point. He needed that that shepherd's hook to pull him off stage. Like you, you, yes. you're done, dude. Just stop. Yes, yes. I love that. I just picture him. I love how you said. Like he says something. It's like rock star. Woo! It's like okay. And then he just keeps going. Everybody's like, oh, someone just no. pulls him off stage. <laughs> just jerks him off. Like stop, stop. Oh, and I just feel everybody's cheering, and then the ar- little arms come down. Like, okay, he just keeps going. Oh God, what if like his friends did do that, and this was the good version of what he said? <gasps> oh, that would be bad. <laughs> like this is the edited version. Oh no. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's like I want to like him, and then I don't. But then I want to like him again. I don't. I I think his questioning of society and his observations of society were valid. <laughs> his declarations of fact and his "this is how things should be" are not valid. I know. I like. I knew what he looked like, but I just wanted to pull up a picture. Oh of yeah. Like, that's well, that's what. what ki- like, to me, while you're looking it up, what kills me is he obviously like he's got a great naturalistic mind. Like, had yeah. he been on the ship with Darwin, he would have been solid. He had a great yeah. keen observational skill, but he didn't quite catch that some animals are communal for a reason. Like he kept pointing out the glory of the hawk and how it would it would hunt. And then he would point out like flocks of birds and how they were doing things. But he didn't quite make the jump from why hawks do things and why uh-huh. flocks of birds do things. Humans are herd animals a lot of the time for a kind of reason. Like... There's, he, he didn't go deep enough. Like, he went too far, and then he didn't go deep enough after that. Yeah. Oh, he's complicated. He is. He's I so mean, com- he's a human. Turns out hu- humans are complicated. and They are. By the way, don't hero worship. That's Caitlin's official advice for life. Don't, don't <laughs> find heroes and worship them unequivocally. Humans have flaws and will always be growing. So just remember that all the time. I just saw found his little house. It's a recreation because yeah, they uh, it fell down because it was basically a little shack in the woods. But they <laughs> found the fireplace and they recreated it from that based on the archaeological remains. I mean, you talk about tiny house. Oh yeah, that's like it was like two hundred square feet or something. Yeah, that's like a one room little. Wow, it was a dude living in efficient living in an efficiency in the middle of the woods. He was, he, I mean, perhaps he kind of started the tiny house living. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he walked the walk. I will give him that. He didn't yeah. speak from on high. Like, and that's what I really do like about a lot of the people we talked about tonight is mm-hmm. 
they walked the walk like they were abolitionists and they would support and give money to the abolition of slavery and to making sure the underground railroad worked they walked Mm -hmm. the walk um yeah like at the beginning of little women you know that they took the basket of food to that family in need like that was a family habit that louisa's family had like they had flaws and they had issues but they were legit about what they believed and they walked the walk and they talked yeah they didn't just talk the talk yeah which is Definitely good, at least. I can respect that, even if I oh, yeah. have problems with some of the things they did. <laughs> yeah. I love how who knew transcendentalism would turn into, a, like, discussing Thoreau. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he, like, turn, turns out he was a he was a forerunner or a, a pusher of transcendentalism. So apparently, if you've read Walden, you're supposed to know this already. But I dodged that bullet in junior high and I never read Walden. So I muscled. I didn't either. Apparently, it's super common according to some of these podcasters I was listening to. But like, I I never even touched it. It never came up. I don't know what schools these guys went to or if they're secretly 10 or 15 years older than us, not just a couple years older than us, as I assume. Right. Like, if they're in their 50s, maybe things had just changed by the time we went to school. I mean, I'm thinking back, but I don't rec- I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe I, I'll probably have my, like, middle school teacher being like, you did read it, but I don't remember it. So if I read it, it made no impression on me because... I don't remember reading it if we did. But I was also in middle school, so. Let's be real. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I mean, I I very well could have read it and just tuned it out. Well, but... turns out there's a lot to tune out with him anyway. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's better if you tune out half of it. Listen to it a little bit, tune out the rest. It's better. It's better for him, better for you. Better for society, honestly, if you just remove... All of his receipt keeping of what he made as a farmer and what it cost him to build his house. That goes on a little bit long. Um, (laughs) But I think here's a really good place to just call it and be done with our accounting of philosophy. Yes. Yes. Um, So so thank you all so much for listening and bearing with us through my very awkward muddling of your introduction (laughs) to philosophy with Caitlin and Jessica. (laughs) Um, if at all you entered, if you enjoyed this episode at all, um, please do us a favor and appease the podcast gods by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, please hit subscribe so that you know when we release new episodes. And I mean, we still want to hear from you. So let us know what you think about this episode. <laughs> if there's any other spirited topics philosophical topics you want us to cover and explore in future episodes if we need to do another episode just on Thoreau (laughs) uh, so we can debate him even more you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at calling all spirits pod or you can email us at calling all spirits pod at gmail.com and if you're feeling lucky and you trust yourself per transcendentalism thoughts You can try and contact us via any of the spiritualistic techniques we've talked about over the weeks. Um, If you want to use my Ouija board, I promise you it's going to be tricky because it's up on its side and the planchette is on a different shelf. But I welcome you to try because, again, as Transcendentalism taught us, trust yourself. Unless you're trying to rap. Yeah, maybe. Don't trust us with rappings. We won't answer. No, yeah, that don't, don't. I don't have a headboard, but also don't knock on my wall over my head. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll ignore you. I will ignore. But anything else, trust yourself, but not with <laughs> Go out into nature and learn how to commune with the spirits yourself. How about that as a goal? <laughs> I love it. What a beautiful way to end it. And um, until next time. I am Caitlin. This is Jessica. And this was Calling All Spirits Podcast. Bye. Bye.